Welcome to the Best of Seven presented by The Big Lead. I'm Kyle Coster. I'm here with Liam McCune. Happy 2022. This is our last regular season week of picking games. We are trying to identify the seven best NFL picks on the board against the spread. We kind of came back to reality a bit in week 17 going seven and eight. That brings our yearly total to 118 and 107 barring Abject disaster, Liam. I think we're going to be finishing over the 500 mark, and I will have to get the abacus out, take my shoes and socks off, and try to figure out if we're ahead of the game in terms of the VIG. Uh, if you are still using a shady bookie for all your gambling needs, but it does seem like we managed to go through an entire NFL season picking every single game without losing a bunch of good people's money, and I think that's an accomplishment right there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to feel good about that. You know, this weird this year was a it was a real weird one. There were a handful of complete blow up weeks that hammered us and everybody else who participates in the weekly betting game. But, you know, ending up positive after a year like that, you got to feel good, especially since it is our debut year doing it from week one to now week 18. And I'm really excited to finish out strong. Yeah, we can argue whether week 18 should even exist. I say no. I mean, I think there's a lot of inventory that's just bad compared with like the four games that matter. Like uh, we could have just decided that in 17 weeks. It's been so hard to get players on the field too, especially with COVID that it sticks out even more. But nevertheless, every game is an opportunity to wager your hard-earned money. And we're going to get right to the picks I'm going to identify the seventh best pick on the board this weekend as the Buffalo Bills 17 point favorites over the New York Jets. And let me tell you, we were just discussing a moment ago. This is the largest line that we've ever had in this post. We do it early. Maybe there's been some that have been over 17 later in the week, but at this point of the week, it is definitely the highest Now that could scare some people off, but it's not going to scare me off because I just don't think that the Zach Wilson led jets are going to score a lot of points against the bills. The bills are playing in order to win the AFC East to get a home game in the playoffs and more importantly, to stick it to the Patriots. And I think the motivation to get the last lap over the Patriots is going to bring maximum effort on Sunday, even if it'll be a bit of a sleepy experience Josh Allen has turned things around to now where he looks like one of the top six, top four quarterbacks in the league on any given week. He's explosive. I like this one 31 to six. And I think that the Bills starters get some rest. And even while that's going on, you don't particularly need to worry about the 17. I don't think anybody in Buffalo enjoyed last week's small heart attack against the Atlanta Falcons of all teams. I think Sean McDermott laid into his team a little bit after that one, even though it was a win. They know they need to take care of business against the Jets at home. That's not a particularly tall task. Zach Wilson has looked better recently. I was very impressed with what he did against the Buccaneers uh, this past Sunday. But this is still Buffalo in January with playoff implications involved. Josh Allen is going to you know, tie a bow on this one by halftime. I think there is a small risk for a backdoor cover with the Jets, but as you noted in the post, they are going to be very cold and disinterested in fighting till the end of this one. 
That's what Buffalo does to you. And that's what being a two win team does to you over in New York. Buffalo is going to really just cruise away with this one. Uh, For the number six pick, we have the Kansas City Chiefs are favored as of right now by nine and a half or 10 points over the Broncos, depending on what you're looking at. And I think you got to get on this one early. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, it's already been said he's not playing this last week. Teddy Bridgewater is the only way that the Broncos are even a mildly respectable team. With Drew Locke under center, they are downright terrible, as anybody who's watched the last two weeks of football can tell you with some level of certainty. And on top of that, Drew Locke was, as you may have seen, got arrested for DY last night. So who knows how that affects his availability. I think this line is going to keep going up in favor of the Chiefs. So I think you hop on it early. And I think the Chiefs, they're playing for something. They need to win to secure that number two seed. Because if they lose and the Bengals win, then the Chiefs are going to drop all the way to three, maybe even four, depending on how the tiebreakers work out. They don't want that after they blew their chance at the top seed with that Bengals loss. They still could get the top seed if the Titans lose. Uh, These Chiefs are going to be playing. They're going to be warming up the offense for the playoffs exercising some demons from the previous week against a team with nothing to play for starting. There's at least their second, if not their third string guy at quarterback. I think this is maybe one of the easiest bets of the week, even if it's not great value. Yeah, I totally agree. This is one where if you lose, you can't be mad at yourself for taking the chiefs because yeah, who's going to play quarterback for the Broncos is Vic Fangio going to do the experiment where he punts on first down and just tries to win the game with his defense. Like he's always wanted to do try to post a two to nothing uh, victory where the only points coming on a safety. That's not going to happen against Patrick Mahomes, even fully healthy. I mean, there's a disparate imbalance between the offensive explosivity of these two teams. Patrick Mahomes has looked so good. That offense has been clicking on all cylinders. It's not a total throwaway game. I'm surprised the line is this low. I think that this is a real laugher. And even if you do end up losing it, it's not like one of those where like, oh, I was so stupid. That's just the sports and gambling happens. And conversely, if you took the Broncos, I mean, yeah, you might feel like a genius, but I think there's a really good chance it's 14 to nothing with seven minutes left in the first quarter here. And you're like, oh, uh, I'm not sure Denver's going to get past the 30-yard line of Kansas City's. The number five pick on the board is the Atlanta Falcons getting four points against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints play a particularly terrible brand of ball. Taysom Hill, I've seen enough. Um, Next year, he'll only be 32. So maybe he's just entering the prime of his rookie season. We need to stick around and see about that one. Sean Payton. Atlanta's been really good. How in the goddamn hell are they still alive for a chance at making the playoffs? It defies comprehension. This is not a good football team. But they have Kyle Pitts. They have Matt Ryan. They have enough fight to overcome adversity. And honestly, what's a real dearth of talent on their roster. And that won't be a problem against New Orleans, who does have a really good defense, who should be playing for something. But I just don't think that New Orleans can put as many points on the board as they need to cover four points. I don't see any way this one doesn't go down to the final two minutes and it's one side kicking a field goal. As we all know, three points is fewer than four. I think the myth of Sean Payton being able to scheme points up out of nowhere has been mm, 
it's become a little disillusioned recently. The Saints went almost three whole games without scoring a touchdown at home in the last few weeks. Taysom Hill, you know, I think we're being a little harsh on him. The guy's still young, but he is awful. And the Falcons, I think you can, especially in these week 18 games, I really don't think that you can discount the divisional pettiness in divisions like the NFC South where the rivalries are really fierce. Even if the Falcons aren't going to come away with a win in this one, they will be doing everything they can to play spoiler for the Saints. And I think four points is a lot of points to give to a Saints team that has a very anemic offense and really can't get anything going. And, you know, that Falcons defense picked off Josh Allen several times last week. They're definitely still not good, don't get me wrong, but there's a little bit of fight in these Atlanta Falcons that I think perhaps the odds makers are overlooking a touch here when they're looking at the overall statistics and things like score differential that suggest the Falcons are a really awful team. And maybe they are, but they'll show up for a week 18 game with playoffs on the line against a divisional rival. I really like this pick. I don't see it being high scoring. Definitely take the under and it's going to be ugly, but it's going to be close. You know, I got to tell you that the uh, scare quotes you do with your hands don't translate well to the podcast, but I will note for the listener, there were several worked in there. He was kind of like Trump sending a tweet. <laughs> I hope that's the last time anybody ever compares me to Donald Trump. Blindsided, a new podcast from our friends at the Players Tribune, is about sports, mental health, and life. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, the podcast will share and analyze the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health became the most important focus in their lives. Blindsided then dives in deeper. It gets clinical and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. That's Blindsided from Players Tribune. For the number four pick of the week, we have another divisional game. We have another big line, and it is, I am very confident this is easy money for everybody. It is the Colts favored by 15 and a half points over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts blew their chance to secure a playoff berth last week when they lost to the Raiders at home. A tough blow for everybody involved there. While the Jaguars were blown out by no less than 40 points against the New England Patriots, I predicted them to lose by only 21 in our column last week, and I was really just far too optimistic here. The Colts are, you know, they have their flaws. The Jaguars are worse, worse than you could possibly imagine. And if 15 and a half points seems big to you, the, the Jaguars last few games suggested is very much not at all a big line. I would not, I would not blame oddsmakers if they went all the way up to 20 on this one. The Colts are playing for the playoffs. The Jaguars are trying to get out of there without any serious injuries to the few guys who still matter on that roster. I think 15 and a half is on the lower end for how big this deficit is going to be. Jonathan Taylor is going to run roughshod. The Colts are going to put every nail in the coffin they can to ensure that they are going to the playoffs. And this one is over very quickly. Yeah. Honestly, the line is suspiciously low uh, to me. And I think I've like reversed inception uh, thinking about like 
what the odds makers want the public to do. And I could not agree more that it's Colts, 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 Colts all day. This is a 20 point win in every single world, barring a disaster in the turnover battle or a special teams touchdown. But I mean, so week 18, what's the common thing about week 18 teams that are already destined to go into the off season without making the playoffs. What is their incentive to keep fighting to the final whistle and get those backdoor covers? And I think like, that is the propensity for me is to take the huge favorites. Cause I just don't see a reason for huge vaunted comebacks just to go against a, a number. You know, if the teams are down 24 uh, and it's 31 to seven with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, I don't, I don't expect like an offensive explosion or like a hurry up offense. It's more just like, let's just get out of here. Let's nobody blow out their ACL as we go into the off season. Like it's just human nature and it's more than human nature. It's just smart. Like, franchise leadership honestly at a certain point you would be smart to not put your best players bodies out in the line in a game that doesn't matter with the outcome already decided so always take the big favorites in week 18 that is a mantra and a maxim that i tend to live by the number three pick on the board liam you're gonna like this one my friend the new england patriots five and a half point favorites over the miami dolphins the dolphins winning streak which was technically a winning streak even though it came against the derelicts of the nfl came to a crashing halt last week mac jones hey you know what the guy can play quarterback uh but he is still a rookie right now here's how i see the patriots season and you let me know if i'm right about this this season is bill belichick's okay we have seen mac jones limitations very recently we have also seen how good the team can be if he's put in the right system it's adjustment time. The rest of the way is going to be about Bill Belichick trying to single-handedly scheme his way deep into the playoffs. And honestly, I'm not betting against him. We have decades and decades of evidence suggesting that he's going to be able to do just that. I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to play this team in the playoffs, okay? I don't care if they're on the road and you're welcoming New England in. That is a scary and terrifying proposition i think the march to a championship game not the super bowl starts with a convincing and significant win over the dolphins who would be well served to just get Tua out of this game without a devastating injury i think you hit the nail on the head there kyle this is bill belichick's team the only way they're going anywhere is if he gets real creative with how his defensive fronts are going to attack whatever offense is in front of them and then play complementary football as his one of his favorite go-to buzz terms all throughout i think that the dolphins are one of those middling teams that the patriots have either looked really good or really bad against and there isn't an in-between but i think that based on everything that we've seen about patriots teams in the past they usually are you know, gaining some momentum near the end of the year here. While the Patriots are locked into the playoffs, they still need to win this game to ensure that they don't drop to a lower seed. Right now, I think they're locked in as the five seed where they match up with Buffalo on the horizon in the playoffs. I'm not sure how much the Patriots want that, but Bill Belichick is absolutely not going to lose a game in order to fiddle with playoff positioning. That's sacrilege for him. How can the Dolphins really get up for this game when the Patriots are already in the playoffs and they were blown out with an opportunity to play for their lives this week. I just don't think the morale is there. I don't think the energy is there. And I think that the Patriots are not going to take their foot off the gas pedal because Bill Belichick is a firm believer in momentum 
and making sure everybody is clicking and is on the same page until the final whistle. For the number two overall pick here, we have one I'm very passionate about. I've talked about it with Kyle before uh, before this podcast. He was not as bullish as I, which is surprising considering the fandom aspects here, but maybe not so surprising when you consider the fandom aspects here. We have the Lions as two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Packers. That line is not very big and thus makes this a little bit of a risky bet, but I'm very, very confident that the Lions will not let us down as they have several times this year. The Packers have absolutely nothing to play for. They have the top seed locked up. They have the division locked up. They have no reason to play any of their best players and risk a weird, dumb injury. So I don't think they're going to do any of that. The Lions have only draft positioning to worry about, but Dan Campbell, as we all know at this point, is not that kind of guy. And we do know that Dan Campbell gets his guys to play hard. That's the only calling card for the Lions here. They got blown out by the Seahawks. They gave up 51 points to the Seahawks last week, but they still kept it going on offense and still managed 29 points with Tim Boyle at quarterback who, again, is a real person that exists and plays quarterback in the NFL. I think the Lions are going to come out and win this one. I love the money line and I love the spread. I just really, really firmly believe that this Lions season is going to be perfectly capsulated with a final victory over the Packers. It might screw up their draft positioning, but it'll mean a lot to Dan Campbell. It'll mean a lot to these players. And I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to dominate again. Love that shout out. Uh, and I love your optimism. And, w- and while you were speaking, I just got excited because that would be fun to win in Green Bay. That's something that never, ever, ever happens. And I would be excited if this ragtag group pulled it off even against backups for the Packers. I would love to agree, but I am still stinging and I've been burnt by the Matt Flynn game. Uh, visceral memories. Uh, of a backup coming in, just absolutely clowning the Lions and then getting an undeserved contract elsewhere. I'm glad that the franchise of the Detroit Lions could facilitate that. That's very nice and kind. I just have all kinds of bad vibes personally as a fan about this game. Um, it's, you know, it's not even, it's one of those things where you look at the picks and if you're like removed, it, it makes sense on paper and I can understand the logic. It's just, there's something down in my core uh, that tells me, Detroit is cruising for a bruising. So I'm going to go ahead and disagree with your police work on this one, Lou, as we move on to the number one pick of the week. And I thought about making it Raiders over Chargers, Raiders getting three points. Derek Carr really seems to be a a man of destiny this year, but we got to keep it simple, stupid. Let's go with the Buccaneers, nine and a half point favorites over the Panthers. Confusing. Confusing number here because the Panthers suck. There's nothing to say about that team except that right there. They're terrible. Yes, the Buccaneers struggled to beat the Jets and Antonio Brown quit the team. And there's all kinds of tumult and turmoil going on. They also have Tom Brady at quarterback. Tom Brady is going to put a stamp on his MVP season in week 18. Do you really want to bet against this guy getting things back on track? Sifting through the noise finding way to get through an obstacle. I don't think so. Like that's just crazy. You're going to put your faith in the Carolina Panthers against Tom Brady. I care about you. Please don't do that. This one seems really easy to me. Maybe I'm a little scared because it does seem so easy, but I'll ride with Tom Brady. And if I get it wrong, we've already established that we're going to be over 500 for the year. And that means that we are not legally responsible for restitution for any of our listeners. 
I would like to reiterate that final point. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, these are effectively the same teams that showed up two weeks ago and the Bucks were 11 point favorites and they won by 26. Yes, Antonio Brown is gone. And in that game, he had 10 catches for 100 yards. But do you think the Bucks would have won by less than 26 if Antonio Brown wasn't playing? The Panthers are very bad. The Bucks need to get some momentum going into the playoffs after what should have been a very easy win last week turned into a desperate, like, clawing back in the final seconds, Tom Brady comeback against the Jets. This, I think, I mean, you said it best, Kyle, in the, uh, in the, in the post here. It seems crazy that this line is not double digits. Nine and a half is low. I mean, I just don't know how you can put any faith in the Panthers after everything that we've seen here. And ultimately, this is week 18. You're looking to put your money on a sure thing, and these bucks are as sure as it gets against the Panthers. Totally agree. And that's why it's our number one pick. I want to thank everybody for listening throughout the year. Uh, hopefully you've wrote us when it made sense to and not taken our losers. Uh, you know, some would say if you've only followed our winning picks, then we're the greatest gambling podcast in the world. I don't think, you know, legally I can just check. Yeah, we are, we are allowed to say that. Um, so I went ahead and did it. I'm Kyle Coster. That's Liam McCune. Enjoy the extra football this weekend. God knows that you 